14. Uh, the words should be on the screen behind me. Return, Israel, to the Lord your God. Your sins have been your downfall. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, forgive all our sins and receive us graciously, that we may offer the fruit of our lips. Assyria cannot save us. We will not mount war horses. We will never again say our gods to what our own hands have made. For in you the fatherless find compassion. I will heal their waywardness and love them freely. For my anger has turned away from them. I will be like the dew to Israel. He will blossom like a lily. Like a cedar of Lebanon, he will send down his roots. His young shoots will grow. His splendor will be like an olive tree. His fragrance like a cedar of Lebanon. People will dwell again in his shade. They will flourish like the grain. They will blossom like the vine. Israel's fame will be like the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim, what more have I to do with idols? I will answer him and care for him. I am like a flourishing juniper. Your fruitfulness comes from me. Who is wise? Let them realize these things. Who is discerning? Let them understand. The ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them, but the rebellious stumble in them. Good morning, everyone. If I haven't met you before, my name's Jack. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here at Trinity Church Unley. Um, if you've been here for, for the last few weeks, you might have we've kind of gone through the book of Hosea, and I don't know how you felt coming to, the, to chapter 14, but you're kind of still standing there going like, kind of just waiting um, to read more and more confronting stuff in the book of Hosea. But today, we're kind of reading, it's like a breath of relief, isn't it, as we get to such a great chapter about this amazing restoration. Um, if, you, if you haven't been here with us uh, for the last three weeks, or, or you're brand new here with us this morning, uh, we've been looking through the book of Hosea, and the big idea um, for this series and for the book has been that, uh, that God restores what we mess up. God restores what we mess up, but not before um, addressing the mess that we've made. And we've kind of looked at our clothesline here over the last few weeks and talked about how Hosea's um, a really hard book to read because of all the dirty laundry here that it puts before us. The dirty laundry, firstly, of the Israelites, but also the dirty laundry in our own lives that it makes us look at as well. It can be quite a confronting book um, to read about. In our first week... Uh, We looked at Hosea's own life and own life experience in his marriage to Gomer, and we talked about how Hosea's own life experience shows us really how badly uh, sin messes up our relationship with God. But we also read about the lengths that God is willing to go to to restore our relationship with Him. That's as well what we read in those first three chapters of Hosea. Um, then in, uh, in our second week, this was last week, um, we, we were kind of thinking about how will the Israelites respond to, respond to this God? Will they turn to Him? Will they turn away from Him? Um, but we see last week, we read that the Israelites, they no longer knew God. They didn't turn to Him. They no longer knew Him or pursued relationship with Him. And that because of this, they were facing God's judgment for that. At the end of chapter 4, we were left with this, this question of how will the Israelites respond to God being angry with them? And as Hosea progresses, I don't know if you, if you read through this during the week, but we, we were reading about this at um, community group on Thursday night. As Hosea progresses, we read that they failed to heed any call to come back to God. And finally, by the end of chapter 13, that's it. 
God judges the Israelites and the northern kingdom is totally destroyed. God follows through on his judgment because as we read in verse 1 today, the Israelites' sin has been their downfall. God judges them rightly because of the way that, that they've treated him because of their sin. Now, this morning, we read about Hosea's call to the Israelites who have been scattered from the northern kingdom which has been destroyed. God God has followed through on his judgment of Israel, but instead of things being left the way they are, with the Israelites forever facing God's anger and judgment because of the brokenness of their relationship with him because of sin, we read about something different happening, don't we? See, our main idea for this morning, to finish off our series on Hosea, is this. Only God can restore what we've broken, and only God can call us back to relationship with Him. Only God can restore what we've broken. Can you, um, can you think of a time in your life when something's been broken and when it's needed to be restored? And can you, can you remember what that was like? Um, I remember um, a bit of a backyard cricket fiasco when I was a bit younger. I was playing cricket in the backyard with, uh, with my friend Dave and uh, with my, my brother Sam as well. Sam was batting, Dave was bowling. And if there's one thing you know about backyard cricket, it's that if you're batting, you don't go into it half-hearted. Like if the ball's coming towards you, you're going for six every single time. And this is exactly what my brother was doing, going for six every single time that Dave bowled the ball to him. I was kind of... I was. I was an annoying younger brother, so like they were being very gracious and letting me be involved in this game of cricket. But I was kind of just standing there fielding, not really being that involved, but watching what was unfolding before me. And, man, Dave, Dave bowled the ball. <clears throat> and my brother, he wound up. He was doing quite well. Uh, hadn't been out for a while. But then one particular bowl came at him quite fast, and Sam just smacked it as hard as he could, going for six. It bounced off the wrong part of his bat, went straight over the neighbor's fence, and we heard this crash, and we went, oh no, what's happened? We went and we looked over the fence, and of course, there's the neighbor's window broken and shattered into a million pieces, needing to be restored. And for the three of us, we were quite young, there was this moment of just kind of standing there in silence and being like, what do we do? Mum and dad are going to kill us. What, we don't, what do we do? Panic setting in. And then mum and dad, of course, they heard the sound, they ran outside, and they went, What's happened? What's going on? The neighbor's window is broken. Who's done this? This is going to cost so much to fix. And then Dave, uh, my brother, who'd, who'd hit the ball, everyone, all eyes turned to Sam because he had the bat in his hand, obviously. And, then, and he, he looked at mum, and then, and then he looked at Dave, and he looked at mum again. And I was like, I was standing there going, Sam, he's going to get it, right? <laughs> and then Sam goes, um, it was Dave's fault. It was all Dave's fault. And Dave was like, what? And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, um, he was, he was bowling too fast. He was bowling way too fast. He bowled the ball. It came off my bat at a weird angle. I, don't, I didn't really see it. And it flew over the fence and it broke the back window. It's, it's all Dave's fault. And I was like, mum and dad, I gotta buy this. Come on. Seriously. But then Dave steps up. Good, trustworthy Dave. And he goes, yeah, you know what? I was bowling pretty fast. <laughs> I was bowling pretty fast. I think, I think, Barb and Clint, that this is all just one big accident, really. It bounced off the bat, it broke the window. I think it was all just a big accident. And, like, do you think mum and dad bought it? Well, there's something you need to know about Dave, all right? Sam and I have had a sneaking suspicion all our lives that Dave is actually the favourite son in our family, all right? We, we think this because there are more pictures of his face on the fridge than ours when we were growing up, but 
It's all right. He lets us know about this every time we catch up with him as well. But anyway, mum and dad let him get away with it. They didn't do anything. They said, oh, I'm sure you're right. It was an accident. And they went over, talked to the neighbors about this broken window, and it was restored. So we'd broken something. It needed to be restored at great cost. Now, somehow, we kind of felt like we'd gotten away with it as well. But this morning, we've read of this broken relationship between God and the Israelites over these three weeks as well. And today we read that only God can restore it. Like you, you can't fool God by pointing at someone else and saying, oh no, it was their fault. God sees everything and only God can restore what we've broken. Only God can call us back to relationship with himself. But as we've said from the start, not before dealing with the mess that we've made. Point one in your outline should say, uh, the call to return. Let me read verses one to three again. Hosea um, says to the Israelites, Return, Israel, to the Lord your God. Your sins have been your downfall. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, Forgive all our sins and receive us graciously that we may offer the fruit of our lips. Assyria cannot save us. We will not mount war horses. We will never again say our gods to what our own hands have made. For in you the fatherless find compassion. As I said at the start, God's judgment um, has been poured out on the Israelites. Their relationship with God is now destroyed. They've treated God horribly and have turned away in the worst ways, even to the point that we were reading in 2 Kings 17, that they're even sacrificing their kids to a fake God. And you kind of expect Hosea to go, like, that's it. It's all done. You should probably just run as far away from here as possible as you can because God is now angry. He is against you, not for you. You are not his people. But that's not what Hosea says. Um, We're going to play a bit of a game now. There's going to be some pictures that flash up on the screen uh, behind me. Um, And it's going to be some pictures of animals. And if, if I want you to answer the question, if this animal was running towards you, would you turn to it or would you just keep running? What would you do? Okay. So the first one's going to pop up on the screen now. If you, if you saw this animal running towards you, would you turn toward it or would you, would you keep running? Put your hand up if you'd turn toward it. Yeah. Put your hand up if you'd run away. Okay. A couple. Yeah. Not cat people. Good. Good. Okay. What about the next one? What if you, if you saw this, a bit more gross, if you saw this running towards you, would you turn towards it? Yeah? Who wouldn't turn towards it? Who'd keep running? Yeah, not, yeah, some people don't like lizards. This next one? What about this guy? Yeah, who'd turn towards it? Yeah, most people, who wouldn't turn towards it? I've got one, one person who is not a dog person. It's very slobbery, I get it, it's alright. Alright, next one? What about this? It's a wall, a bit more dangerous. Who would, who would turn towards it? We've got two, two very brave boys at the back there. A few people would turn towards it. Okay, the next one. What about this? Anyone? Uh, it's getting shorter, the amount of people who would. What about this one? Would, would anybody turn? I don't think so. I don't really even need to answer the question. No one would turn to run towards a lion that is running towards you. You see, you know, God is represented a number of times in the book of Hosea as a lion. As a lion that will destroy the Israelites and that will tear them to shreds. You know, the Israelites have faced that anger and that judgment. And the northern kingdom has been destroyed and torn to shreds. 
But instead of Hosea saying, flee, like you might expect him to, he says, turn, turn, return to the Lord your God, your sins have been your downfall. He doesn't say, flee, he says, turn to him. See, Hosea is telling the Israelites and and us this morning here what it looks like to repent. It's a very Christian word, gets thrown around quite a lot, but it means to do just that, to turn back to God. Hosea says to them, don't come back to God with money or wealth or prestige in the land. Uh, Don't go on this like, you know, mythic kind of quest to find God something that he wants. Um, Hosea tells them to, to come before God bringing nothing but their empty hands. And he gives them words to say to God as they do this. Firstly, words that ask for God's forgiveness. And secondly, words that recognize the things they have turned away from God for and are now turning back to God from. Firstly, Hosea says, forgive all our sins and receive us graciously. The Israelites are called to recognize that only God can forgive them for what they've done. They can't sweep what they've done under the rug. They can't hide their dirty laundry. All they can do is throw themselves on God's mercy, asking for his forgiveness, recognizing that they've done nothing um, to bring before God. They have nothing to bring before God but this plea for forgiveness. Secondly, they're called to recognize the things that they've turned away from God for, and they're now turning back to God from. It's this gigantic U-turn in their lives that Hosea is calling for. You know, the things that they're called to turn back to God from um, are those alliances with Assyria, of trusting in their own military might, of bowing down uh, to man-made things as their gods rather than to their true, living, loving God. Who they've turned away from in pursuit of security, fulfillment, self-satisfaction, things they can't find apart from God. As we said last week, that brought the lie that God isn't enough. That other things could give what only God is able to. And they're called here to turn away from those things and back to God, trusting only in Him and asking Him to forgive them for how wrongly they've been treating Him. For how they had broken His heart over and over and over again as they said, we don't need you, we don't want you. We just want what you have to give. I don't know how you expect God to react to the Israelites as we come into chapter 14, but this response that we read, it's amazing. We read that when the Israelites turn to God, they're not going to be faced with with a terrifying lion who wants to rip and destroy them. What do we read in verse 3? In you the fatherless find compassion. When they turn to God, it is not a vicious lion about to destroy them. It's a father who loves them. Point two on your outline says the promise to restore. God doesn't say that he will respond to the Israelites' um, return to him by, by just thinking about it or seeing how things go. He doesn't say, like, go, go away, <clears throat> maybe workshop it a little bit and come, come back to me. I'm sure we can sort something out. He doesn't say that. It's as if the words are barely out of Hosea's mouth before God responds with this. I will heal their waywardness <clears throat> and love them freely. For my anger has turned away from them. See, God's people can turn back to him because his anger has turned away from them. And more than that, his people can turn back to him because he says that he will heal their waywardness. It's a bit bit chunky, 
But it's this idea of healing their, their turning awayness. It's a new word for the dictionary. It's all right. God will heal them of their, their turning awayness. It's bent to always turn away and reject him. God will heal them of it and make it so that his people turn to him and never turn away again. And he will love them freely and fully without grudge and without expectation of payment down the track from them for his accepting them back. It's not something that he's going to bring up if they're having, you know, an argument in the, in the future. Oh, I knew you were going to do this because this is what you did to me back then. God will love them freely and fully. God will graciously receive them back as they have asked him to. God restores what the Israelites have broken and brings them back to himself. That's his promise. And the promise of this restoration is just beautiful as we read through this passage, isn't it? It's a promise reflected as this beautiful flourishing garden that is given life and sustained by God and God alone. Verse 5, he will be like dew to Israel and Israel will blossom like a lily. And like the then world-renowned cedars of Lebanon that everyone was after, his roots will grow so that he will thrive and grow into something that will again bring the nations to him, not turning Israel away from God. And they will, verse 7, dwell in his shade and they will flourish. See, God separates himself from any of the useless idols that they've turned to in verse 8. Because those idols, they have nothing to offer. God says, I will answer and care for him. I will answer and care for him. An idol can't do that. I am like a flourishing juniper. Thank you. Your fruitfulness comes from me. Not idols, not Baal, not military might, not Assyrian alliances, but from God. From the source of all creation and life. It's like an amazing thing to read, isn't it? After chapters and chapters of how devastatingly broken the relationship between Israel and God is, only God can restore what the Israelites have broken. Only God can restore what we mess up. But remember, not before addressing the mess that we've made. Now, this whole book um, would have been uh, put together as, as a book, as writings, after the northern kingdom of Israel had been destroyed. It would have been put together as a bunch and group of writings um, before the southern kingdom was destroyed. Because, well, the southern kingdom didn't listen to people like Hosea either, who God was speaking to them through. The Israelites from the southern kingdom are eventually taken into exile by Babylon and Jerusalem is laid waste too, as well as the northern kingdom. That same cycle that we see on repeat that we read about last week of of people sinning against God and God's judgment of sin, of people rejecting God and that separating us from him and God's right and just judgment of that. It's just on repeat again and again and again, this cycle, this ongoing um, song that's just on repeat. This picture in Hosea of God healing them of their their turning awayness because of his anger, um, because his anger has turned away from them, it, it still doesn't actually happen here. Not until the source of the problem is dealt with. Not until the way for God's anger and judgment to finally be turned away and dealt with forever would come. You know, we've said um, along throughout this series that, that the dirty laundry of the Israelites is actually our dirty laundry too. That we have treated God badly as well. That we've rejected Him, turned away from Him to other things for fulfillment and security 
things that only end up bringing God's anger and judgment. We've, we've treated God in a way that we shouldn't too. And we would be left forever facing the consequences of that if not for how God has acted to heal our waywardness. To turn his anger away from us forever as Jesus takes it on himself on the cross so that we don't have to. And it's here that we see just how greatly and freely and graciously God has chosen to love us despite our rejection of him. 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, I think it should be on the screen behind me, says, This is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. How is this, this cycle dealt with? How is our sin dealt with? How is our dirty laundry dealt with? Through Jesus' sacrifice. When he willingly went to the cross and died the death that we deserve to die, faced the judgment and bore the wrath that we deserve to bear, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring us to God. And how has this come about? Well, we read, he didn't do it after we had turned back to him. That wasn't God's promise to the Israelites. He didn't do it after we had loved him. He did it because he loves us. He did it so that we could turn to him. So that our relationship with him would never be broken again. See, only God can restore what we've broken. Only God can call us back to relationship with him and make that possible. See, we get to see something that the Israelites didn't. We know what the Israelites did not. That this promise of God's to them was greater than they could possibly imagine and still greater than than we could possibly imagine as well. See, we get to see how God has dealt with our waywardness once and for all so that it no longer destroys our relationship with him. So that we can be with him forever. One day when he brings us home. We get to see how God deals with our dirty laundry through the sacrifice of his son once and for all. You know, when when Jesus came, in in Mark chapter 1 verse 15, we read this. He, He came to us calling something very, very similar to what Hosea says to the Israelites in Hosea 14. See, Jesus came calling, Mark 1, 15, Repent and believe the good news, for the kingdom of God is near. Repent. It is by repenting or turning away from rejecting Jesus to believing in who he is as our saviour and asking for God's forgiveness that we can come back to God and know him. We can be in a relationship with him. Just as Hosea called the Israelites to ask for. Just how he called for them to turn back to God. We can have a restored relationship with him. Just as God promised to the Israelites. I mean, what a promise to be able to hear and respond to. You know, we've looked at what God has done to restore our broken relationship with himself. Um, but now, finally, how do we live in light of all of this? How do we live in light of this? In Hosea chapter 14, verse 9, it helps us to think this through. Verse 9 says, Who is wise? Let them realize these things. Who is discerning? Let them understand. The ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them, but the rebellious stumble in them. Um, I told you about that cricket game that we played with Dave when we were younger. 
There was actually another cricket game that we played with Davo a couple of years after this one. This time, um, I was a bit more involved in the fielding. Uh, my brother was batting again. Dave was bowling again. Um, but but this time, and if you if you went to one of our picnics as a church, you'll know that I'm not I'm not the greatest at catching and also throwing. They're not my strengths at all. Um, so just playing cricket in general for me, not a good idea. But anyway, Dave bowled the ball. Sam hit the ball. It came towards me, and it went whoa. And of course, I dropped it onto the ground, and I was a bit annoyed at myself, so I picked the ball up off the ground and kind of just went to throw it at my brother who was batting. Um, but because I can't throw, instead of going that direction, it went that way, and um, that way was a trampoline that would turn on its side so that it would act as another fielder. Um, but then next to the trampoline was, was a house and a window. So I threw the ball, it bounced on the trampoline, and smashed the back window, and I get the same thing happened. And we stopped, and we stared at each other and went, oh, no. Mum and dad are going to kill us. What's going to happen? Mum and dad came out. What happens? And this time, though, I was ready. It's like, Dave's here. Everything's going to be fine, right? I went to open my mouth, and I went... (laughs) And then before I could say anything, Dave went, Jack did it! (laughs) Are you kidding me? And I was standing there. I was like, oh, no. And then it got worse. And he went, went, Barb and Clint, Jack did it out of anger. I was like, oh, my goodness. Good friend, good friend. Uh, and then that, that word that every kid is terrified of hearing, right? The middle name, Jack Thomas Page. You can kind of guess what happened after that. I was in trouble from then. See, I'd very obviously uh, trusted in the wrong thing to save me at that point. It was very obviously that I'd done the wrong thing, that I was in trouble. You know, the question as to who is wise in Hosea is, is a call to recognize this kind of thing. And it's a call to recognize who God is and what it looks like to live rightly before Him, living a life that is turned toward Him, not away from Him. It's a call to recognize what the stakes are, to not trust in the wrong thing to give you what only God can. See, on that day that is coming that we hear about in Revelation, right at the end here, when you stand before God to give an account of how you have acted toward Him, will you have trusted in Jesus to make things right or in something else? If it's anything other than Jesus, then it's not going to cut it. See, if there's anything that Hosea shows us, it's that we can't make things right between us and God, but that He can. And He promises to, and He does in Jesus. So if you haven't yet turned to Jesus and trusted in him for this, please do so. Please know the stakes. Respond to God's promise to restore. Don't trust in the wrong thing to save you. And for those of us here today who call ourselves Christians, what does it look like to live wisely? What does it look like to continue walking in the ways of the Lord? How do we remain in those promises that he made to the Israelites in Hosea 14? When you look at John chapter 15 with me, it should be on the screen. Remember, um, when we were going through this uh, a while ago, Jesus has this to say in verses 1 to 4. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. See, in Hosea, the Israelites are told that their fruitfulness comes from God in verse 8. 
If you look a few chapters earlier in chapter 10, Israel is referred to as a spreading vine who has withered because they're no longer attached to God. Their fruitfulness no longer comes from him. Here in John 15, we read Jesus is the true vine that we must remain in. The true vine that bears fruit in and through us. The true vine that enables and helps us to walk before God as we ought. As we draw close to Jesus in faith and obedience to his word. As we remain in him and he in us through the spirit. Don't get caught up in the wisdom of the world that says that there is another way to live. That there is a better way to live. That's the trap of the Israelites. Don't fall into it. They listened to the nations around them and did not remain with God but turned from him. Remain in Jesus. Draw close to him in faith, in who he is, in obedience to how he teaches us to live in God's world, God's way. That is wise living. We have to ask ourselves, what are the things that call us to turn away from this, to turn away from Jesus and remaining in him? What are the things that promise fulfillment and security, but that will ultimately make us turn away from the one who alone can provide these things to us into eternity? And how do we help one another in this? This is a conversation for us to keep having again and again as a church, as individuals, as friends, as Christian brothers and sisters, are we showing one another how to live for God and not the world? And are we showing our kids here this? Or are we just showing them that they can just park God on the bench and pick him up um, whenever they want, just when it suits him? Now, for all of us here, the reality is that we, we do get this wrong. And, and we need to know that that we have our place firmly secured with Jesus when we put our trust in him. It's, it's a promise. It's a promise of Jeremiah. It's also something we read in Ephesians chapter 1, that when we put our trust in Jesus, we have the Spirit guaranteeing our inheritance. But we also still live on this side of God's promised kingdom, of that promised full restoration of new creation. And we feel that tension in living here, don't we? We talked about this in Galatians with another clothesline. We love clotheslines here at Trinity Church only. We talked about that tension between living for God and being drawn to the world. So how, how do you respond when you get these things wrong and, and treat God how you shouldn't? Because it does happen. Well, Hosea 14, again, provides a great picture of what it looks like. Repenting. Turning to God asking for his forgiveness and knowing the assurance of the promises he's made to us through his son. Promises that we read in 1 John that say, if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. We have a loving God who calls for us to turn to him, who wants us with him. See, only he can restore what we've broken and he's done it through his son. So remain in him, draw close to him through faith and obedience to him and know that God will never, ever let you get away. I'm going to pray now and, and thank God for this and for what we've learned throughout Hosea over these last three weeks and then we're going to sing a song together. Let's pray. A gracious Heavenly Father, thank you that you chose to love us when we did not love you. Thank you that you came into this broken world Thank you that Jesus died on the cross for our sins 
that he bore all your, your judgment, your wrath, your anger on his own shoulders, that those who come to Jesus and trust in him don't face it. Thank you that we can look to the promises you made to the Israelites and know that they are promises that you made to us. Thank you for restoring our broken relationship with you. We pray that you would help all of us here to walk um, before you faithfully, trusting in Jesus and seeking um, to live the right way, how he shows us how to live. And when we get this wrong, Lord, please help us to turn to you, knowing that this is what you want us to do. Help us to ask for forgiveness, knowing the full assurance of forgiveness in your son, Jesus. Knowing that you're a God who restores what we mess up, but not before addressing the mess that we've made. Amen.